Hi everyone. Thanks for listening to our first episode for the season. I've got a little announcement to make about today's recording. I'm helping my guest, Zakia, raise funds for her and her family as she battles a rare condition called Burgess disease that causes her to lose blood circulation to her arms and legs. And as a result, she is slowly and painfully losing her fingers and toes. If you wish to contribute to the fund, the link is on our page on Instagram and on the episode description on Spotify. The money will go to supporting Zakia, her mom, and her eight-year-old son, and you'll learn a little bit about them today. I hope you can help, and personally, I just want to do what I can to keep this family going. Every little bit counts. Thank you for being a part of this community. I'm so happy to be back here and to see you here with us today. Let's get started. You're listening to Frankly My Dear, the podcast. I'm Fariza. And I really just want to hear from you, women with a story to tell. No lies, no drama. Okay, maybe just a little bit. I hope you like it here. Let's get started. Hi everyone and welcome to Frankly My Dear. I'm Fariza and this is the place for the women in our communities to have honest conversations with me. Um, today's episode is a little different because we're not in our little home studio. Uh, in fact, we are recording in the home of our guest for today, Zakia. Um, Zakia, hi. Thanks hi, Zakia. <laughs> Thank so, you for having me. No worries. Uh, I first heard about Zakia's story uh, on Channel News Asia, I think it was in 2019. And I was very much struck by her story and I've been keeping track of, of your journey uh, mm-hmm. from then on. So a little bit background about her, um, Zakia suffers from Raynaud's phenomenon and Burgess disease, uh, which is a rare disorder affecting blood flow in the arms and legs, which has resulted her to slowly and p- painfully lose her fingers and toes. Um, I'm with her today uh, to hear more from her, to learn about this illness. Um, to hear her story and her journey about um, how life has been so far and her sources of strength to overcome the challenges that she faces as a mother, a daughter and a woman diagnosed with this rare illness. Um, Sakya, thanks again for being on the podcast. (laughs) How are you feeling today? Good, good. Good? Uh, Are you nervous? I mean... Yeah, a bit. A bit? Can you tell me like what's going through your mind right now? Um... Nothing really actually, it's just that sense of, you know, nervousness. Yeah. And anticipation of this thing, right, that's gonna happen. Okay. Um let's let's start with like the introduction, like really the the basics, you know. Tell me a little bit more about yourself, um, how old you are, you know, um just just a little introduction. Um, okay, I'm Zakia. I am currently living with my mom and my eight year old son. Mm -hmm. So this year I'm thirty six. Yeah, so um, I've been diagnosed with um, Burgess and Raynaud's, um since I was like in my early 20s. Mm-hmm. But it started way back when I was in um, my lower secondary days. Okay, so when you were yeah. 15, 14? Uh, about 13, 14. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so let's, let's, let's talk about um, Raynaud's phenomenon and Burgess disease. Um, what does what does it entail when when you were diagnosed with this? Um, essentially, am I right to say uh, whatever that it was, 
it affects your blood flow and yeah. therefore it causes numbness mm-hmm. um, in your fingers and toes specifically. Yeah. yeah. So what happened at the very beginning? Uh, you were saying your lo- lower secondary when it started happening. Yeah. Um, what exactly was happening around this time? Um, okay, I started noticing that when I go into like malls or libraries, I would start to get um, partially numb like mm-hmm. on my legs and my arms and like small uh, red spots would appear mm-hmm. so I, uh, at that point of time I did it, didn't think much about it because I thought it, it was just like probably the cold so I used to like go out warm myself up and then come in again and then um, when I was in my early secondary days I started getting like small blisters mm-hmm. around my feet area so initially, uh, my mom and I initially thought that it was blisters because it, it looks like it. Yeah. So um, when it didn't go away, that's when we went to the GP. Mm. So they were, uh, the doctor was telling us that probably uh, I, was, I wasn't using the right footwear mm-hmm. or like um, dirty socks or something like that. So um, we, we changed that. I mean, um, but uh, it, it was still there. So we did went to skin center. They did took a sample um, of my flesh, uh, the area where it was affected. But I think they couldn't find anything wrong with me. Was it painful? Oh, uh, not really because they numb that area. Yeah. So they just like um slice a a a piece of it. Okay. Yeah. So, um, when when you started spotting all these like red spots and and feeling numbness in your uh, toes and fingers. Mm-hmm. Um, so there wasn't any pain. It was just physically you could see that there was some yeah. something odd with it. Yeah, I could okay. see like I, I could still like do normal things, but just that when it rains or when it gets slightly colder, mm-hmm. then I would start to see these like red spots around my arms. Okay, and then uh, it will like progresses into like a slow numbness if okay. you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then that's where like um. I didn't really think much about it. I mean, being young and all that, like, it's like, you, you don't think you're going to get a sickness out of it or something like that. So, uh, I just went on with life. And it was in the early secondary days that um, it started to ha- I started to have, like, blisters. Mm. And then slowly, um, the blisters progresses into, like, little wounds, like, bigger and bigger. Yeah. So, I was in uh, and out of hospital quite a bit. But it was only in uh, when I was like twenty or twenty one uh, that they did like a full uh, thorough checkup on me that they said like uh, I've got Raynaud's uh, phenomenon and Burgess disease. Okay. Yeah. Um. So at that point, how had the the illness progressed? Um. Um. At that point, it was only um still affecting my. Uh, ankle and below mm. so it hasn't like progressed upwards yet so it was just like um, the blisters would start very small and then it progresses into like a 50 cent coin kind of like circumference yeah. and then as uh, I slowly enter the uh, working world it started getting worse and worse so um, at that point of time I was already working at the zoo so my mom was thinking maybe it's it's the bacteria or germs at the zoo but like I told her like the animals there are cleaner than us <laughs> so uh, just to keep her mind at ease I resigned and between uh, that time after I resigned it's uh, a couple of months in between it still didn't show any um it didn't stop it just yeah, got worse yeah, and worse it didn't stop yeah. it so was that were you on medication 
Um, back then, I wasn't really on any medication. Um, so I, I'll go to the hospital or A and E as and when it is needed. Mm. So and I'll just like uh, superficially treat the wounds, lah. Yeah. So uh, most of the time I'll be like hospitalized for two to three days. Yeah. Um, that was uh, before I was married and before I had my son. Mm. Yeah. So um, it was just like they will uh, treat and then they'll give um, some pain medications for it and then they'll put me on antibiotics and then I'll be okay for a bit and it will just like the the, the, the wounds will just like pop up very randomly so I'll, I'll just feel like a bit of pain you know like when you have a bruise that kind of pain first yeah, initially yeah. and then like within the next one two two days it would progress into like an open sore mm-hmm. yeah when did it get really really bad because um, this is I mean because we're, we're recording a podcast mm-hmm. you know physically for people who might not have, have heard of your story mm-hmm. before um, you you don't have all of your toes am I right to say? yeah, yeah. okay and with your fingers so you've got um, like claw like <laughs> <laughs> well it's crap like like in a way <laughs> right okay and, and you and, and your wounds started forming and as they were not healing as quickly as you were like wounding um, yeah like it wasn't healing as it should be on a like, normal person right yeah. so does it eventually decay and drop off yeah yeah what um, happens? It, it really started going downhill in 2014 that was when I think my son was around one year plus two um, so that's when my right leg the, the front part of the foot actually um, has a bit of an infection on mm. it so uh, at that point of time they um, the surgeon did told me they they wanted to amputate that uh, not that area but actually up to my knee mm. so uh, I, w- I was really a bit skeptical because uh, as it is I'm not um, healing very well so I'm actually quite worried if and when I get infection on that area as well. So what I did was I told them that I didn't want the surgery. Mm. So to amputate? Yeah, to mm. amputate because I could still walk at that point. So uh, and I was like sending, I can st- still send my son to nursery school and all that. Did it hurt though when you were walking? Yeah, oh. it does lah. But I mean like for a normal person that walks five minutes, it would like take me 15 minutes. Yeah, so th- um, I told them not to amputate like the whole knee area because I mean it's it's still useful in a way, you know. So um, the front foot, uh, I they did treat it. So I had at that point of time I still had my fingers, so I could do my dressings myself. So that's what I did, and I think it took about a year before it finally dropped off. It turned gangrenous. So um, when they um. I was admitted that time it was quite a, a long I think it was over a few weeks almost mm. a month mm. and like you know like when every morning the doctors come and like they, they start to say your diagnosis and all so I, I was a bit in, in and out of consciousness but I heard one of the doctors say that um, okay we've given her the best antibiotic that is the rest is up to her what does that mean yeah it's exactly yeah. yeah so I mean like I'm not done annoying people yet, so <laughs> I can't just like possibly possibly go yet. So I mean, um, it was pretty hard, but I mean, if you take one day at time, it it's fine. Yeah. yeah. You mentioned that um, 
it started to worsen when you were um, pregnant with your son or he was one two years old I know when I was yeah when I was pregnant with him I was actually fine I could like do normal human stuff you know like run around uh, I didn't have um, much open wounds at all so it was when he was about one and a half two uh, which is in 2014 that it just right. like started getting worse and um, you were previously married yeah okay um, can you tell me what it was like to you know have your ex-husband around at the time where you were you were diagnosed with with this illness and okay. what happened after that Right. Um, okay. Actually, when um, we got engaged, uh, I've already talked to him about uh, my diagnosis with him, and like probably that we could not have a child, because uh, from what I was told, that it's um, my doctors are a bit morbid, so they would say like either you die, the baby die, or both of you die. Do you know why that would? Uh, because at that kind of time, I think I had pul- uh, pulmonary hypertension as well. Okay. Yeah. So I think that may be stress on the body. Yeah, I think so. So he was like, okay, fine, it's okay, I'll like accept you for whatever, whoever you are. So, um, and then we got married, I think in 2011. So I had my son in 2012. And um, we, we have known each other quite long before that, I think about five, six years before we got engaged. So, um, I mean, I thought I knew him. You know, because you've known a person for that long, you think that you know him very well, mm. but apparently he was having an affair and starting another family on his own. Mm. So, um, it he didn't really... He's not the usual husband that you have that you come home to every day. You know, um, he's either he's on and off he's either here or he's not here like he'll come and go as he wishes Mm -hmm. so I think part of that also worsened the disease Mm. because the doctor did say like stress and stuff like that you know um, when you get anxious or like stress your veins kind of like clamps up or something like that Mm. so uh, it makes the blood flow worse so maybe that was part of why I started deteo- dete- started getting worse. <laughs> <laughs> what was the living situation like um, at that point in time? Was your mom with you? Yeah, at that point of time, thankfully, um, I was still living with my mom. He was actually um, wanting to apply a flat. So, uh, but I, I was a bit hes- hesitant at that point because I've really known what's going on. So, you know. So, if we were to really get that flat and then things don't work out, then it's just a waste. So, um, I, I just, got, I continued staying on with my mom. So, when in 2014, I got sick, it was my mom who actually looked after my son. So, when I came back, I asked my mom. She didn't want to tell me at first. She knew? Um, no, my mother didn't want to tell me that uh, my husband actually didn't come back to, to like, pop in to take, look, care, yeah, take yeah. care of either one of them. So I think she didn't she didn't want me to be more stressed at that point of time. So she just kept it to herself. You were in hospital. Yeah, I was in hospital, and then uh, I was in for quite a bit. So after that, I had to come back every day for I think about a month or two, uh, because they put a line, they put an opet opet line I think, which is a line which goes from my um arm, mm-hmm. and it goes 
through somewhere I think through the heart or something like that. Um, what so, does that do? Uh, that's for the medications that I have to come daily. They would um, because I I wasn't so um sure of I I wasn't confident enough to do it at home. So and my mom she's 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 really freaked out. So we had to go back there uh, SGH for about one one two months to get that medication in every single morning, like even on like public holidays or Saturday, Sunday. Mm. And it was my mom that sent me and my husband my so called husband was nowhere to be seen. Was your mom working around this time? Uh yeah. At that point of time she uh, she has been working her whole life actually. Until like when I got sick and then uh in be- uh, between the periods that I got sick she had to take leave or like unpaid leave. Yeah, and we're very grateful to her her supervisor because she understands that, you know, she has something to take care of and they like actually gave her that time to take leave and like care for me. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um where you are living right now, has mm. this always been your home? Ah uh, no. We did have a home um actually in Chuachukang. Mm. Um at that point of time my mom did buy that house uh because we were so young I think. Uh, so my mom bought the house with my uncle and then um uh we didn't expect things to turn out the way they did because after uh, like a couple of years or something my uncle they they had a quarrel between them or some uh you know so um the house was sold mm-hmm. the house was sold so we got one in Bukit Panjang after that but uh we because at that point of time i think they can only use uh, the hdb loan once and then mm. like after that they have to use like the bank, uh, loan? bank loan right so in bukit panjang it was a, like a three room house and but because she was old i think that point of time she was really like 55 so she couldn't keep up with the payment because um the bank keep raising the interest i think so it got to a point like you have to pay cash a thousand plus a month wow. for a three room flat so that house get repoed and that's how i ended up here <laughs> yeah at this time uh, were you still mobile could you walk yeah yeah i was still mobile i was i was still having the sores but i think because when i was younger it you you kind of feel a bit invincible in a way <laughs> you you kind of like put off that pain Yeah. Hmm. It it was still there but I could still do stuff. Yeah. Let's talk about um how we got to know each other cuz uh, I heard about your story on Channel News Asia. Mm-hmm. I think it was uh end 2018 early 2019. Um how was that like? I think we had a, there was a whole crew coming yeah, here yeah. to kind of uh do a mini documentary mm-hmm. uh, uh, about your family and and yourself. Mm-hmm. What was that like? I think being put in the public eye. Uh it Uh we we weren't really sure at that point. Um prior to that I think a couple of years back Surya did a program uh which was called Secupa Harapan. Mm. But at that point But what does that mean? Sir? Uh Secupa Harapan is like a bit of hope uh, a, a cup of hope a bit ah, of okay, hope. Okay. Ah okay. Secupa kan. so but at that point of time I didn't see they they didn't show my face because I didn't want to be seen. Hmm. Yeah so it was just like some part to my body and like my voice talking. So for this CNA documentary, uh actually it's because they called my uh SGH. Mm. So um I think a couple of weeks before they called, uh my pain doctor actually asked me if it's okay for them to like do a short um 
documentary or like advertisement for the hospital regards to uh, with regards to my pain because um I on I'm on like pain medication and like how it affected me. So before that a few weeks before uh there was like the hospital at uh I'm not sure it's the hospital crew but the crew from the hospital did came and did that um interview or advertisement with us. And then like a couple weeks later I think um CNA got in touch with SGH and somehow my doctor got through and then she was like okay she like recommend okay how come uh, I have this patient so and so so that's when it started so initially I was telling my mom uh, like even like myself and my son like are we comfortable doing it and then my mom was like uh, I'm fine if you're fine and I'm like I'm fine if you're fine and Ahmad was like it's okay I'm fine with either of you <laughs> so like, Ahmad is your son sorry for, for back uh, background info okay yeah yeah, yeah. so we ended up doing it mm. uh, and we didn't expect to get that much response and like kindness from Singaporeans, you know. So we were actually very touched. We, we do read the comments and, and on tough days when you just read the comments, it just gives you that spirit back. Mm. Yeah. How's the reaction been um, uh, in your neighbourhood and your community? I mean, like you're like a mini superstar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, People like, recognise you on the streets. Yeah, we mm. do get like that that strange stares even like up till now. Mm-hmm. So kind of like you know like you have to have like you have to be a bit like thick skin mm. in a way. Uh-huh. Yeah, but um, like at uh, a few years back, I think it was last year we had an appointment for Ahmad in KK. Mm. So uh, we were we were walking back and then this lady just came up to my mom and like, it is it you we we saw uh, on the TV that my mm. mom was like. Yeah, it, it was us, and then she was like, uh, I'm not sure, la, but maybe maybe she had a sick kid or something, and then she was like, I just want to be strong like you, and then my mom was like, you can, you can, you know, that mm, kind of thing. Yeah. So, I mean, if it gives um, anyone of that a glimpse of hope, you know, and drive to survive, then... How has life changed for you um, since you have not been able to be independent in that sense or be able to walk around on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the... I mean, this is an obvious question with mm-hmm. an obvious answer, but I just want to hear from you. What are some of the challenges that you face right now? It's very frustrating I because I used to be like very independent on my own um, because my mom is divorced as well. So um, she has taught us like independence from a young age. So I'm always like... I like doing outdoorsy stuff. Like I can't stay put in a position for. So when you can't do the things you love anymore, it does, it does something to your spirit. Mm. You know, like and especially like sometimes you know at night when everyone's asleep and it's so quiet, your thoughts are like the worst. It either makes you or breaks you. You know, so it is very frustrating because I can from a walking person to someone being disabled now it's a v- it's something that i've never imagined that would happen to me you know at this at this age i, I i'm the one who's supposed to be looking like after my mom and my son and and things like that but it's the opposite so you you do live with that guilt you know that you are kind of being a burden but obviously your mom won't tell that right? but it's 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 inside your mind 
most of the time that guilt because like I can't be a proper mom to my son like I couldn't do that like outside outdoor activities with him or like go with him on trips when they they call for like parent volunteers and stuff mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. but I mean you just have to take it and move on I guess otherwise I'll be in deep trouble with myself <laughs> And you're not ready to let go, right? Yeah, I mean, no. People are keep on fighting, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, with with regards to Ahmad, I mean, I, I, I personally met you a couple of days back, mm-hmm. and I got to know him. Uh, unfortunately, I think he's in school right now. Yeah, right? yeah, okay. he still is. Um, how has Ahmad, you know, um, coped with with all of this? I mean, his childhood is somewhat different, yeah. but you clearly have a very strong relationship with him. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you think he's taking all of this? I hope he's taking it well, but um, so far, I think he's doing well, because uh, we did like um, they did like an assessment on him um, after like CNA kind of aired that episode out, so um, they did an assessment on him like an art therapy kind of thing. So because I was um a bit worried at that point of time, he wasn't confident enough or mm. yeah. Why do you think that is? Uh, because. For him, it takes a while for him to warm up to a person, mm. or he'll just like. I'm sorry, but he's like very judgmental in a way. <laughs> like he's he got judge- it, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and then he like see that person like if like, then I say like, Ahmad, why do you make friends? Ah, uh, no, it's okay. <laughs> and then like when we we go back home, right? Yeah. Then he will tell me why. And then I I I was afraid that maybe because, of, the, surrounding that he's in, you know, like the way that he has to cope with mommy at home, it might affect him. Mm-hmm. But thank God when they did that assessment with him, he, he was fine. It's just, I think, it's part of his personality. So we are trying to not let him be very judgmental. <laughs> I think he's just very protective of you guys. So he needs to make sure that, okay, I need to judge you and assess you. If you're okay, then, then okay, then you can, you know, yeah, um, I stick with so, the family. Yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> he's like, Really young, kan? Like yeah, eight, he's, eight. he's only eight. My yeah. gosh. Yeah. And he's so mature already. Yeah, I, I think maybe our situation kind of pushed him into maturity in a sense. And um, it's good that I also have uh, Azura around with us. Who's Azura? Let's, um, uh, let's okay. talk about her, yeah. Azura is an irritating person that I met <laughs> when I was working at the zoo. You know she's going to listen to this, yeah, right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, and then we've just, like, kept up that friendship over the years, even up till now. Mm. So, like, uh, on school holidays, when they, like, do go out to, like, um, Sentosa, or they do have an outing, they will, she will just come over and fetch Ahmad and bring him out for the whole day with her family and stuff like that. And she's, like, always there whenever, like, you... I need her or like my mom need her because I can be very stubborn at times. So there were times when I was like mildly unconscious that mm. I still didn't want to go to hospital. So what <sighs> my mom did was she called Izura uh-huh. and she came all the way from Jurong and then she take a look at me and she was like, nope, not going to okay. happen. Call the ambulance and like, just wheel me out. Yeah. So and then... You cannot say no because yeah. you were mildly unconscious. Yeah, anyway. yeah. So um, and then when like, I woke up a few days later, I thought I was I was just I have just been admitted. But when I look to the like side drawer or table, like I see like full of stuff there. Like, 
water, you know, um, ointments and stuff. Then I was like, how long have I been here? So like, I took a look at the, you know, the, the wrist thing. So it stated that uh, I have been in for about four, four days. You were out the entire time? Yeah. What, what happened then? Uh, I think I almost had a septic or, or was it called sepsis? Infection. infection yeah so um, yeah you you've lost a lot of weight i i noticed is yeah. this part of the the illness or does it affect your appetite uh, i think the medication does affect my appetite in a way because i mean but uh, even when i was like younger i wasn't really fat i was just small <laughs> yeah but i i've i've lost weight throughout the years especially when um, like I'm sick I won't have like any appetite to eat mm. Uh, mm. so uh, but they do give me like supplements and like um, what do you call it there's a powder which I can just mix in with like Milo or coffee mm-hmm. and just like drink it mm. so it gives me like extra protein and like all the good stuff in there mm. yeah um, going back to to uh, Renault's phenomenon mm. and Burgess disease uh do you know if there is a cure? Um, from what I was told, uh, there isn't a cure. So um, the medications is just like to stabilize me. And Raynaud's is actually more common like in the colder part of other countries. Yeah, because Singapore is like very hot and humid. So it's it's a bit nonsensical that I kind of like get Raynaud's, you know, because everywhere is like so hot. So I guess I'm just like the lucky ones that got chose. <laughs> Do you know anyone else in Singapore who um sings? not that I know of, but I probably I mean they some people probably do have but they just like doesn't come forward or right. yeah, yeah. Or they hasn't like been diagnosed with it. Mm. Let's talk about your relationship with your mom. Because, mm-hmm. I mean you guys are also very, very close. This is a very close knit family, the three yeah. of you. Um what what do you think is has been going through her mind as she sees her daughter you know um going through this herself i mean it's it's really really hard on her because i have a son i know what it's like when my son is sick and like i couldn't do anything to help him so i'm sure that she's feeling that 100% every day mm. and you know she I, 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 we do talk sometimes and she's like, it's fine, you know, it, it's got way of telling me like, stop working and enjoy just like bonding with your family. Like even if you're sick, you're still my daughter, my daughter, I'm not like gonna throw you out or anything like that, you know. Yeah, but, but I, I do know that she feels like helpless sometimes mm. because like for me, when I'm in pain, like I know I can handle that. But for her and em- her emotion is, you know, it, it's something on a different level that she has to deal with. I only have to deal with, like, my pain and my sickness. But she has to be, like, mentally there for me. But mentally, she's also a bit, uh, you, you know? She's also struggling yeah, as a caregiver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, we do get, like, we, we do bicker sometimes, mm-hmm. la, but, I mean, it's fine. We just make up and, like, move on. Yeah. What about um, close relatives? Uh, do you have close friends or relatives who, who help out? Um, I do have um, like aunties and uncles. Like 
but we're really not that close. But they do come like visit when like I'm really ill. Like once in a while, they do come like whenever my mom needs some help. Yeah, but the closest I am is with Aizura and her family. Yeah, so. Um, at this point in your life, I think, uh, looking back, what's been the hardest thing you ever had to face? Just that guilt. Let's talk about the guilt. Yeah, because yeah. you know, I I can deal with the pain and like whatever I'm struggling with, but I don't like making like my mom or son sad or worried, you know. So and that sometimes I feel that guilt of not like I said before being a good mother to Ahmad. You think you're not a good mother? Like as a mother, you'll never feel enough, like in a sense, right? Yeah, but yeah. seeing him sometimes like. When there's an outing or something, he just say, "Oh, it's okay, mummy. Ah, uh, kaki, mummy, sake. Like your leg is painful. It's okay. I can like go with just my friends and my teachers. So that kind of like tugs at your heart a bit. But I mean, there's nothing much like I can do about it. Mm. I I hope you know that. Um, I think with kids, they all they need to know is you are there for them." That's all, and you don't have to be physically there for them to be yeah. there for them. And That's I think what, yeah, I learned slowly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you, you guys have a really close relationship, and I think the fact that he understands your own struggle and mm-hmm. he, he's not, he doesn't want to be a difficult child to add on to that. I think that is a mark of a good mother. Oh, thank God I did something right. Something. <laughs> <laughs> um, what what is it um? that you want to share with our listeners as like a last takeaway what would you like to tell I mean like life is gonna throw everything at you like every single nasty thing that is it will get thrown at you but you just have to like take it in stride you know Um, have people that is positive and is there for you because it doesn't help if you get it negativity from someone that would put you in like an even worse place so i mean just take each day at a time be thankful for the small things that you have i mean and just be grateful i guess what do you look forward to in the future i hope to see Ahmad graduating <laughs> like in a university and like you know because i believe that education is the only thing that can make him or break him so that's something that we are pretty strict with him about. Yeah. What are some of the uh, things that you do to make sure he stays on the right path? <laughs> um, like every day when he gets home, mm. we'll just like ask him, do you have homework? Yeah. You, have, you, you know, it, it gives me like anxiety sometimes <laughs> that he forgets to do his, his homework. But um, he... I think he's so used to it that sometimes when he just walks through the door, say, oh, mommy, I got like math homework or like English homework. Mm. And then like we let him rest a bit and make sure that he does every single task that it's needed to be done. And then like sometimes he will say that, um, oh, mommy, we need, uh, my teacher said, um, we need to do a discussion as a family about this topic. And then like everyone of us would just like sit and entertain him and answer <laughs> his together, question. Yeah. yeah, and do it. <laughs> So I mean that's the least that I could do for him is not to stress him, you know? Yeah, because it, it, it doesn't help if he comes home and like tell me like because of my pain I'm just like, no no no, do it later, I'm in pain, can't you see? You know, that's just being very mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like 
whatever it is he comes first so yeah we try to deal with him as soon as he gets through the door yeah um you you mentioned like um you don't want him to use your illness as an excuse yeah. uh let, let's talk about that what do you mean i mean like um because uh my mom has been working all the way up till now so when even even when he was in nursery um i was really getting like big ulcers around my feet area so um if it, it hurts to like even walk to the kitchen or the toilet and as you can see like my house is very small right so it like for a normal person you can just like three four strides and you're there but for him i i need to because his father wasn't around so i have to make sure that i discipline him in a way to to for him to know that no matter what happens going to school is going to school and it's not in, an excuse like even if i'm in pain i will send you to school if i need to you know walk like go out from the house earlier to reach your school in time i will do that like you have to go no matter like i'm hospitalized or like whatever happens yeah so I that's something that uh, like even my mom like when i'm in hospital she will still um send amat to school and then like fetch him back and then like visits me at the hospital and stuff like that like there was a point where my mom was still working and I was pretty sick so what she did was um during lunch time she would ask permission from her um supervisor to like actually go come back home um and fetch amat and send him to school and then she would go back to work and then in the evening when she's done she she will like fetch amat from school and bring him back home Yeah, I mean uh it it's the little sacrifice we have to make for him because I mean I brought him into this world so I have to be <laughs> responsible for him, right? So, yeah. Um any last words? Mm, I hope like everyone see that there's I mean it's very cliché la, like there's there's there there will always a silver lining and It, it it gets hard yes it will it will haunt you for life it does get hard but it it will get better yeah um zakia thank you for being so open and honest with me today no uh, i i know that you're nervous but yeah. <laughs> we're almost done um and thank you for inviting me to your home yeah uh, no worries thank you so much so for lovely. having me <laughs> i love meeting you and your mom and and i hope to to wait till uh, amat comes home so that i can say hello to him too yeah yeah um I hope you know that we are rooting for you and I I hope um I wish you all the best. Thank you. Thank you. And that is the end of this episode. I'm Fariza. This is Frankly My Dear and you've honestly been lovely. I'll see you next time. Bye.